Hello and welcome to the Clubhouse, Golf Monthly's weekly look at various different events around the world in golf. Today we recap a truly excellent PGA Championship at Kira Island, where Phil Mickelson became the oldest major winner in history. Hi guys, this is Ben Wiesberger and welcome to the Golf Monthly Podcast. The Clubhouse is brought to you by Titleist, the number one driver at the PJ Championship, with over 50 players putting one in play at Kira Island last week. For more information on the new tier side drivers, head to titleist.co.uk. Hello and welcome to the Clubhouse. My name's Tom Clark and I've drunk quite a lot of coffee today, so I'm awake and being able to talk to Elliot Heath. How are you doing, Elliot? Hey Tom, yeah, very good, thanks. Um, yeah, what a weekend that was. It was um, amazing. Yeah, I'm not sure anyone thought that we'd be talking about Phil Mickelson, six-time major winning champion. What a performance from him. Incredible, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. As you know, I, I'm not the massive or like the biggest Mickelson fan and uh, I, I would never have predicted this. So uh, yeah, I think, what was he, like 250 to one or something? Just came out of nowhere and yeah, he was the best golfer of the week, wasn't he? He played fantastic and, uh, yeah, I'd say a really deserving winner. Um, gave the crowds what they wanted. He's an absolute superstar over in the States, uh, a true legend. And, um, yeah, probably the, the biggest achievement of his career, you'd have to say, wouldn't you? Oh, definitely up there. Absolutely. So let's just recap on what happened, just in case you've missed it. So Phil Mickelson won his sixth major title at the PJ Championship at Kira Island. He won by two from Brooks Kepka and Louis Oosthuizen. Uh, he finished at six under after rounds of 70, 69, 70 and 73. He turns 51 on Wednesday of US Open week next month, which he had been given a special exemption for, but now no longer needs it. He's now won six majors, two PJs, three Masters and one Open Championship. 45 PJ Tour titles, and he's gone from 116th in the world to 32nd in the world, and he's back inside the world's top 50 and has had every door open again for him, uh, even when a few of them were just starting to close on him. Uh, and he just played superbly, didn't he? Um, incredible, incredible performance on a very, very tough course, wasn't it? Yeah, I particularly thought his iron play was quite special. Uh, every single time he looked to be hitting. A really nice high draw, uh, basically exactly where he wanted it to go. His driving was pretty good as well, you'd have to say. I think he missed quite a lot of fairways the last two days, but uh, didn't really put himself in too much danger. Uh, short game, well, he's a wizard, isn't he? So his short game's always going to be good. And um, yeah, it, it was pretty much just the, the all-round performance, albeit I, I would have liked to see Kepka and, and Ustazen give him a bit more of a fight on that final day, but... Uh, overall, over the four days, you have to say he was, um, yeah, just exceptionally good. Yeah, I, th- I think he was just he was just on incredible form. Um, I think the thing that we got to remember, he's fifty years old. You know, he's broken that record, the first fifty-year-old to to win a major. Um, it's a very long-standing record for. for for someone of that age to win, to win a major, you know, everyone remembers Nicholas winning in '86. Well, you don't know, you don't know it because you weren't born. But um, you know, this is just an incredible performance, and he's he's really just kept himself in amazing shape. He's hitting the ball as far as as anybody, really, wasn't he? He was out driving Kepka uh, on some of the holes um, yesterday, 
Um, he's just put a lot of hard work into his physical shape, but also changing some of his techniques as well, and also his mental game. Well, it, it's just the, the, an incredible all-round performance from one of the greatest golfers of all time, wasn't it? Yeah, it's um, yeah. He said about hitting bombs, hasn't he, for a few years? And you saw him slim down. He's been doing like the, the six-day fast a couple of years ago. He loves his coffee as well, which probably helps with that. And he's really got into fitness, so. Yeah, he looks in great shape. He's hitting the ball a mile. He hit it 3.66 on 16, didn't he? Past Brooks Kepka when you thought Kepka's um, put it in a great position to sort of close the gap. Um, and yeah, there, there's clearly been a lot of hard work going on. And uh, I love the tweet from Tina, his sister. I think he said um, last week at the family dinner, Mickelson said he had a complete breakthrough or epiphany. He said he'll win soon. Um, so for the guys on his inner circle, it probably wasn't so much of a surprise because they've seen the work he's done and, and they trust that he's clearly found something. But yeah, for us on the outside, we just had no clue what, what was about to come. No, and I, yeah, as, as you say, I don't think anyone was really expecting him to play. We know he's been playing okay. He has been won the odd time um, this year on the Champions Tour. I mean, it's mental that he's playing on the Champions Tour. <laughs> no wonder he's, he, he, you know, he's, he could win every every week on that almost, couldn't he? He's just hit, he's just hitting the ball so far. His short game is just so he's got so much imagination. He seems to be able to get up and down from a crisp packet. You know, it's it's uh, it's just ridiculous, isn't it? And um, I mean, where does this? Where do we think this ranks now? As it, do we, you say, it's his greatest victory as a golfer. Um, yeah, I think so. It's a historic record-breaking victory that. Uh, you have to say is probably his best. Yeah, he's won three Masters, which obviously are fantastic. The Open, I don't know, he might put the Open above this. He did say that was the best round of his career. But none of those were when he was 50 years old, when he's had, um, what was it, eight years without winning a major. Everybody started to doubt him, including me. I thought his game was completely gone a few years ago. Couldn't it a fair way? Yeah, that was really, really special. Beat all the young guys showed that he can mix it with the best uh, and that he still can be the best. So, yeah, I would say that that was the biggest achievement of his career. Yeah, absolutely. And um, so he's one. he's got one thing that we all know he, that is missing from his CV, um, and that is that he hasn't ever been able to win a US Open. And it looked a month ago like he wasn't going to be playing in the US Open this year, which is obviously at Tory Pines. But then the news came out that he'd been given a special exemption. He was like, yeah, okay, great. I will take that. But now with this win, he's now actually qualified for the US Open, I think, the next five years. I think he's right. And he's playing so well. I mean, he played so well uh, just now. Can he now do, can he complete the Grand Slam? (laughs) I would initially say, no, you're having a laugh. But I don't know. If he puts his mind to it, he does seem like he's really strong mentally at the moment and everything that he was saying in his press conferences and interviews was really impressive about the work he's doing the mental game the playing 45 holes to try and concentrate to to make 18 seem easier so if he does play like that then he's got every chance and i don't know he's not tiger woods is he so with tiger you would say you you would never doubt tiger but don't know could you never doubt mickelson i don't know perhaps well, look, he's got the game to win the US Open, hasn't he? He's shown, I mean, Kieran Island was no pushover. Uh, you know, six under was actually a very good score. Um, 
it was tough conditions. Could have been tougher. I mean, the wind didn't blow as much as it uh, it could have done. But uh, you know, it's the longest course in major history. You know, what is a what is a fifty year old doing winning on the longest golf course in major history? I don't think anybody saw that coming. But actually, the way that it was set up, because it was quite quick, wasn't it? Um, and if you you know if you have those downwind holes, you can really get it out there, as Mickelson showed yesterday. Um, you know, so the the length of the course is not going to to worry him at Tory. He played Tory Pines an awful lot and had quite a lot of success there as well. Um, you know, we know what it's going to be like. It's, we know it's going to be heavy, rough. But he's hitting the ball as far as anyone, really, other than probably DeChambeau. And his short game is still as good as anybody else's. So I, there's no reason why he couldn't win, a, win the US Open. He's, he needs to have the luck. And I think he had everything kind of went his way uh, at the weekend. Kepka didn't play that well. On Sunday, he made four bogeys in a double, and he shot seventy-four. And you think he missed a couple of tiny putts on Sunday, and he only missed, and he only lost by two shots. So, um, you know, things things went his way. You know, it feels a little bit like when Tiger won the Masters. You know, there's a few opportunities for people to to birdie eighteen. That I think I think Kepka may have been one of them, and he didn't quite hold his putt. Maybe DJ as well. And everything just kind of slotted into place. Now, whether that will happen again, you know, in a couple of weeks' time, I'm not sure. But he's got the game. We can't, we can't discount it, can we? <laughs> well, yeah, what you said there about the rough, that's the thing. Did we really see that rough this week? It was more sort of sand, wasn't it? I mean, the rough didn't look too penal if you weren't, like, crazy offline, whereas a US Open venue tends to have crazy rough just off the fairway. And... Mickelson hates courses like that. That's why he hated Le Golf National at the 2018 Ryder Cup. And that's probably why he's never won a US Open, because he just hasn't been able to keep it on the planet off the tee. So, um, yeah, well, that, that's going to well, be the real struggle for him. I mean, let, I think that's a bit harsh. Elliot. He's, he's finished second six times at US Opens. So he's, he's done pretty well with them. <laughs> you know, let's face it, he can get it around. Um but it's just whether he gets everything in play. And if he's, I think that's the thing. If he can get his driver to behave like he did this week, where he's hitting way more fairways than we're used to, to seeing, um, I think it's a chance, isn't there? But, um, and it, it's interesting you mentioned the, the course there, because let's have quickly chat about Kira Island, which I absolutely loved. And it was, it was a different kind of course. There's, there's water on every hole. You know, if you hit it offline at Kira, you weren't hitting it into rough. You were hitting it into swamp, weren't you, really? Um, and having to take a penalty drop. But I really love the course. Some really tricky holes, which I think really, <laughs> yeah, people really got found out upon, didn't they? Uh, did you enjoy it? Yeah, I thought it was amazing. I love how it was, it was very linksy, wasn't it? How um, the whole sort of all went in one direction and then they all went back in one direction. So the wind was just such a massive factor and then the wind completely switched around for the final round. So yeah, it it did the job what it was meant to do. It, to be fair, it went a, a lot further than that. It was fantastic, beautiful as well. And and it's a course that I would just love to see host more events. Love to see it host the Ryder Cup again. Love to see it host the PGA Championship again. And yeah, a, a really top job there from the PGA of America. Yeah, I think it, you can see it was obviously custom built for the '91 Ryder Cup, but as a viewing course as well for spectators, you could see that it was really good because people can stand on dunes. Also, the greens are actually above. You know, they're not they're not set below 
the fairways. They're set above the fairways. That means people can, can again see really easily because uh, everything's just above ground level. I just thought it looks absolutely stunning. You know, you've got the you know the ocean right there. You've got all the wildlife as well. You know, maybe I'm, I'm more interested in that than other people. But I just thought it looked a, I just thought it looked absolutely incredible. And also, it just provided really good drama. It was so tight after the cut. I don't think we thought that Mickelson was going to hold on, but you know he did, and he played very well. Um, but it was it was very tricky. Greens were superb as well. They were said how how all the players were saying these are just fantastic greens to putt on, and I think that actually helped with the scoring. That actually the greens were just so pure, weren't they? Yeah, they did look good. I remember um, Rich Beam said on the Sky Cart how how amazing they were, and and he he had a really good performance himself as well. Mm. Um, so yeah, there was no moaning, no. Uh, no spike marks, none of that. I think, yeah, the players absolutely loved the course just as much as us fans did. Yeah, and well, let's talk about the fans because last <laughs> year Colin Morikawa won at Harding Park, and I loved seeing Harding Park without any fans. You could just, you could just enjoy the course. Loved seeing it with all the huge trees they have there. It looked fantastic. But this year showed what we missed last year and the pressure that Morikawa didn't face when he when he won it. Because the scenes on 18 were absolutely bedlam, wasn't it? I mean, it reminded me of when Tiger won the Tour Championship. But it was a little bit more than that, wasn't it? And there was one point Mickelson was nearly headlocked by a fan. Uh, Kepka nearly got taken out on a few occasions trying to get to the green, which I know he wasn't particularly happy about. Um, you know, but it was it was great to see, wasn't it? It was fantastic to see fans cheering again at event. Mickelson, such a fan's favourite as well. Um, it was it was a great to see, wasn't it? Yeah, they're the kind of scenes that golf needs to show other sports fans and uh, just general people really that golf is is quite an amazing sport. Um, I don't think it was quite as good as Tiger at East Lake, to be honest, because there's only ten thousand fans there. But yeah, it was it was amazing. I thought. All week the, the fans were amazing and just I know a lot of people don't like it but when they shout out the rubbish that they shout out it really does make me laugh I think people were shouting out like pimento cheese and stuff and just basically every word in the dictionary it's no longer just mashed potato and getting the whole bit um yeah Kepka was not happy on that last hole he said he got his knee dinged a few times he said Ricky Fowler got dinged in the face um and yeah it looked like Afterwards, Kepka may have had a bit of a limp or a dodgy knee um, after going through surgery a couple of months ago. Yeah, I mean, within it was great to see. I mean, it's it didn't look very uh, COVID friendly, did it? Let's no, not it. at all. And um, you, yeah, we are. We don't want to see anyone get injured. Uh, I, I remember when Tiger won that when Augustine he got taken out by an over enthusiastic fan and a security guard as well. I don't even remember that when uh, he got hit, his leg hit and we were like, oh no, I hope he hadn't been injured. Yeah, the security guard's like two-footed him, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And um, so we have got to be a bit, I think golf's got to be a bit careful. I mean, the, the sight of stewards with a, a tiny thin piece of rope trying to hold back 10,000 people, uh, you know, it just, it wasn't working, was it? Um, but I, I, I mean, I love those scenes from old opens where the the final group are being followed in up the fairway by the crowd. I think it makes it look incredible. You've got that natural expanse. If they manage it properly, I think you can actually make it look really, really good. I don't know if they managed it perfectly yesterday, let's face it. I don't know if they were slightly caught out by the 
completely raucous nature of uh, of the fans. I think Mickelson is such a favourite, isn't he? He's such a an all American hero, isn't he? And um, I think even mo- even more so now. Yeah, he's one of only three golfers that can create scenes like that. Tiger, him, and Rory as well. I think Rory's next major win, if it ever does come, I think we're going to see scenes like that, and um, that'll be a real goosebump special moment. Yeah, and, and Rory obviously was tournament favourite. He finished in the end 49th at five over par. Says so he hasn't been driving it well enough in uh, you know really since 2019, has he? Um, and it was just as a it was just disappointing. We all had great hopes for Rory, and it all kind of went almost immediately. He had a dreadful first open tee shot. I was thinking about this first hole um, just earlier because it was it was one of the most bizarre starts to a major tournament that I've ever seen. Rory hitting it so far right from his first tee, which I think was the tenth. That he had to take a penalty drop immediately. And actually, he did quite well to get a skate with bogey, I think he did. But in the same hole, Kepka left it in a bunker. Uh, and there was a very funny video shot. Of, it just looked like it was like us playing. Yeah, it was, uh, it was like the Keewer Island midweek Stableford. Exactly, yeah. So you, you were there dropping, uh, taking a penalty drop just as I was leaving it in a bunker. You know, it was, was like, what is going on here? And it, it, at that point, he looked like, oh, Kepkis doesn't look right at all. You know, he's not going to challenge. But he made an incredible comeback from that opening hole and played very, very well and obviously nearly won it. Whereas Rory just never really looked like he was really there. Did well, made the cut. But I think he played very well on Friday. I thought he was playing exceptionally well on Friday. He seemed to be striking the ball very well and then finished bogey-bogey. And I don't think he ever really recovered from that. If he got to even par going into the weekend, I think maybe he would have been in a better mental state of mind. So, yeah. I mean, let's let's not... We're very up and down on Rory. Uh, you know, we've got to remember he won again just a couple of weeks ago. His game's obviously in a, in a much better place than it was. But it's... We want to see it now, don't we? We want to see Rory really competing on a, on a Sunday at a major, don't we? Yeah, yeah. I told you he wasn't going to win, didn't I? <laughs> okay, well, great. You didn't tell me. You didn't tell me Mister was going to win, though, did you? No, but yeah, it was that that Friday night. You finished with three bogeys in a row, actually, and oh, um, the first of those was on the par five sixteenth, where he missed the green or was on like the fringe of the green, about forty yards right, and he only had like a hundred yards in. So just yeah, just that's sort of his game, isn't it? He he gets back and then he sort of falls down a bit and his par five scoring was absolutely dreadful. I think he bogeyed six par fives on the first two days, whereas Mickelson was like, I don't know the stats off the top of my head, but he was well under par for the par fives. Yeah, that's the, that's the most frustrating thing. It's almost like he goes, right, this is a par five. I need to hit a big drive here and then I'm going to have, a, I'm going to have an iron in to the, to the green. And every time he hits a dreadful drive on par fives. I think he's just got to get mentally. He's not quite, quite there um, because he knows how. If you play those well, it makes life so much easier, especially on a tough course. So um, it just there were so many mistakes, you know, from people. Although I think the course really pushed you. Didn't it? it really did push them very hard, and some in some cases to breaking point. If we need to talk about Eric Van Royen, who. Um, you know, he's always looked like a very good-natured golfer whenever I've seen him on, on, on TV. Uh, I don't know the guy very well. Um, and um, having hit a very hit his tee shot on 17 on Friday night, it looked like he was a very aggressive line. Unfortunately, just fell off, went over the, uh, the railway sleepers and into the water. He then decided to uh, kick a tee marker and then finish it off with a club. And um, 
and nearly hit uh, Matt Wallace's caddy, which I think probably didn't go down very well because there wasn't many handshakes happening on the 18th green after that, was there? No. Uh, yeah, you're right about Eric Van Rooyen. He does seem like a lovely guy and just a very chilled out dude. But uh, yeah, he, he clearly lost it there. Uh, that's what golf does to you. Um, I'd be lying if I said I don't have those moments every now and then. But yeah, it was uh, it was very entertaining for us to watch. I thought it was very funny, but then uh, it does also set quite a bad example. He nearly took out the guy standing behind the tee box. He then nearly took out Gareth Lord, Matt Wallace's caddy. Uh, and I'm not surprised that there were no handshakes at the end. So, um, yeah. yeah, I'm sure Van Rooyen was regretting his actions over the weekend. And uh, we'll have an apology from him soon. Yeah, and I, th- I think that's it. It's just, I think that shows the pressure these guys are under. They... He know. I think he needed to finish something like he needed a birdie over the last two holes, which were two very very tough holes, of course. And you know, when you've put in so much work and effort, and you think, "Come on, can I make the cut?" Because if you can make the cut, you weren't you weren't that far back. Uh, and to to see what looks like a great shot just dribble over and just go too far, and into the into the hazard. Obviously, he snapped, didn't he? So um, I think we, we we have all been there where we've lost the plot a little bit on the golf course. I'm not sure I've lost the plot quite like that, but uh, yeah, it's a f- very frustrating uh, frustrating sport, isn't it? So um, and I think Van Royen. Well, I'm sure we will we'll hear about the fallout on that, but he's probably um, still sitting in a dark room somewhere. To be honest with you, um, any other bits that you want to talk about for the PJ Championship? What about Oosthuizen? Another second place. That's you know he he's so. How has he not won another major since 2010? I'm not sure. That's his, I think, fourth, second place in a major now. Uh, fifth. Uh, fifth, there he'd, you go. He'd already had the career runner-up Grand Slam. Uh, so, yeah, that must have been his fifth. And um, never even won in America, which is just unbelievable. But, yeah, a very class golfer. Uh, he just didn't quite have it on the weekend. A bit like Kepka, to be fair. And, yeah, it was probably the putting as well, wasn't it? Like Kepka, which Mickelson just was fantastic on. So, yeah. That's yeah. uh, the fine margins. Yeah, I think it really was. And um, quickly, I'm going to I'm going to say some other names to you, and I want your opinion on on these people. Firstly, Ricky Fowler. Uh, great to see him back in orange. Uh, yeah, really good to see him playing playing well again. Um, I I didn't realise that he missed out on the Masters by one bogey on the last, so that's a shame. But I'm sure he'll get back there anyway. Uh, Harrington. Oh yeah, that's amazing. Finished at two hundred, and he was at tied fourth. Playing with Shane Lowry on the final day, they both shot three under par. Um, yeah, what what a great two ball that is. Uh, Harrington says he's not going to pick himself for the Ryder Cup. He says um, you, you can't be a player captain, which I've heard him say before. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think La- uh, Shane Lowry will be on that team. Uh, he probably would have been already because they're best mates. But um, now he's got a bit of an excuse if he, if he does need to pick him. That was just a dream draw for them, wasn't it? When I saw that, I was like, I can't believe that's happened, that they're playing together in the final round. Both have been playing you know, pretty well, and they both inspired each other. You could tell they were really relaxed. Uh, Harrington said afterwards, he just said, you know, playing with, with Lowry is just, it's just good fun. You don't worry too much. You just get on with it. Everything's quite lighthearted and, and, and relaxed, as I said. And they both shot 69. They both finished the top five. Harrington's now made it to the Masters again for next year. I mean, incredible, really. And I think he got, I think he was inspired. You know, he's only a few months younger than Phil Mickelson. And I think, you know, he's, 
after that incredible run of when he run those three majors in a really short period of time, I think he has missed really competing on a Sunday and being in contention. And I think he, he got the taste for it again, didn't he, um, at the weekend? So um, you never know. You might see a, a little renaissance in Harrington's game as well. Another, you know, another 49-year-old slash 50-year-old who, who did very well. But I think Lowry's definitely going to be in the team. He's going to get a pick. He will be there. I have no doubt about that at all now, especially as he's played very well in a major championship as well. So, uh, and anyway, well, we've got the Open still to come, and the both of them are pretty decent Open players, aren't they? So, um, well, yeah. Can I just say what Harrington said about him? Harrington had some really good quotes. Yeah, he said um, Shane, as we know, is a big time player and likes playing big golf courses and the big occasion. There's a quality about him. He wouldn't stand on the tee box and fear anybody. So, uh, yeah, basically saying. I'll put him up against anyone on the US team. He doesn't fear anyone. He won't fear DJ. He won't fear DeChambeau. Um, and yeah, he, he'll give a good shot. So yeah, it does seem like uh, Harrington wants his, his best mate on the team. I think so. Absolutely. But I thought it was a, a brilliant second major. And the PJ Championship, you know, is that is this um, giving it a bit more respect? I thought, you know, this is going to go down in history, obviously, for many, many reasons. Obviously, because Mickelson's now the oldest major winner you know is he um are people going to look at look a bit more forward to the pj championship do you think well yeah I, I hope so i love it it's a fantastic event it's like we said last week it's over 100 years old the pga of america is a fantastic organization it's a major championship isn't it all right it might not be the masters or the open but it is a major championship it goes around to all these brilliant courses sometimes you get a boring one but most of the time it's pretty good and sometimes it's absolutely incredible so yeah, I do think this will really help the tournament because some fans might not really respect the tournament um, as much as it deserves to be respected. Yeah, absolutely. So where's where's it being played next year? Southern Hills in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Have they played? Yeah, so the last time they played at Southern Hills, I'm just looking it up now, was in 2007. Who won? Well, I'm on the Wikipedia page, so I can tell you that it was Tiger Woods. Yeah, <laughs> Well, so was I, to be honest with you. And looking, looking at that, looking at that leaderboard, it's Tiger Woods uh, won by two shots from Woody Austin, and Ernie Els with another shot back. So, um, yeah, none of those guys are going to be up the top there. I don't think next year. But you, well, you never know. Unless Tiger's back, Tiger going to be back? Don't know. No chance. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the reason why it's back here is because of the move from August to May. So Tulsa, I haven't been there before, but apparently it gets very, very hot in the summer. And I think last time it was there in 07, uh, the temperatures were like ridiculously hot. I think 40 degrees or high 30s uh, Celsius. So um, that's the benefit of moving the tournament back to May is that you can take it back to those real like summer venues. Yeah, absolutely. There's actually quite a lot of chat about that, actually saying how uh, the move from uh, August to May has actually meant that a lot more courses are now in play and that they can move them to these different places because it, it, especially the southern courses which is just too hot to play or too hot to put the uh, tournament on so uh, yeah that's going to be really interesting and I can't I can't wait again for PJ PJ is a good event because it's just although it sometimes feels a bit too much like a PJ Tour event. You know, it is a very strong field. Everyone really deserves to be there. Um, and you usually get a decent winner. And I thought the, the, the leaderboard going into the final round was as, as exciting a leaderboard I've seen in a while. So uh, really good event. Um, and it's not long to the US Open. So we'll have to get some uh, sleep ahead of that.
before we finish talking about the PGA Championship, we need to talk about our sponsors, Titleist. Not only was the brand trusted by more players in the golf ball category, with 69% of the field putting the Pro V1 and Pro V1X in play at Kira Island, it was also the number one choice in the driver, hybrid, utility iron, iron and wedge equipment categories. Interestingly, the Titleist TSI 3 driver alone was in the bag of the same number of players as the nearest competitor's total driver count, further proving the trust the world's best place in TSI. There was also success for golf ball loyalist Louis Oosthuizen, who trusted the Pro V1 golf ball to tie for second place, alongside the 2018 and 2019 PJ champion who had the Pro V1X in play. To find out more about Titleist's fantastic product lineup in 2021, head to titleist.co.uk. So, PJ Championship done. Let's look ahead to this week and a little bit of other news around as well. So, the Telegraph has reported that players are going to formally announce their withdrawals this week from the Premier Golf League. Uh, we'll see how this plays out, but um, there's, there was a bit of chat about it, wasn't there? And there's been a little bit of chat about a lot of different things. I really like Lee Westwood's quotes this week, saying if he's 48 years old and if someone offered him $50 million to play golf, he'd probably be silly to turn it down, wouldn't he? Yeah, he got a bit of hate for that, actually, on our social channels. So um, I completely understand why, but you've got to admire his honesty there. If you are 48 and somebody offers you $50 million to play golf, yeah, you're not going to turn it down, are you? I think he said it would be a no-brainer. And yeah, he's not Rory McIlroy. He doesn't have 20 years left of earning $10 million a year. So uh, I completely understand it. But hopefully it won't come to that. And um, yeah, so basically last week, I think there were meetings between the Premier Golf League or the, the Super League Golf, whatever it's called now, uh, and the players' managers. And, and I think they were quite unsuccessful by the sound of it and yeah it does sound like the likes of Bryson and maybe even Mickelson who were quite tempted to go over to it uh, may now uh, be coming out. And I think Mickelson was one we thought probably was the favourite to be involved in this because of his age basically um, and actually I don't think he he thought you know he had that many major appearances left in him whereas this win has completely changed everything hasn't it um he now can play in every major for at least the next five years that means that's quite a lot of money doesn't it <laughs> on, on its own and also the chance you know he's playing very well he could add to his 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 major titles couldn't he yeah and he's just been reminded there about competing at the top level in a historic event in competition which the premier golf league probably won't be it's a bit more of a, an entertainment product so uh yeah Perhaps uh, that is what is going to sway him back to the PGA Tour, try and win more majors. And, and we did hear as well, Seth War, the um, CEO of the PGA, said, um, I think, be careful what you wish for to the mm. players. So the PGA, uh, they're on side with the European and PGA Tours. I'm sure Augusta National is. I'm sure um, the USGA is as well. So, um, yeah, I, I think we might get some good news soon, hopefully. But... Again, like we said earlier, it's a story that we'll have to see how it plays out. Yeah, and I think there's one other thing which I think Mickelson will understand now as well, is that if he joins up to this Premier Golf League or whatever we're calling, he will not have those crowds cheering him on. You know, if he wins in the Premier Golf League, you know, that is only going to happen on the PJ Tour or in a major. 
And I think he's probably a little bit in, inside him going, oh, it was pretty good yesterday. That was pretty amazing scenes, you know, and that was that was all those guys cheering me on. And uh, let's hope that he that he sticks with it. Well, we, we don't want to see a splinter in the in the in the world of golf. We don't want to see some people playing on one tour and missing out on other events, do we? So um, we'll we'll watch that space very very closely. And the Ryder Cup as well, which um, obviously has the best fans in golf, and Mickelson. He's probably going to be on that team unbelievably. So uh, if he did go and join the Premier Golf League, I don't think he'd be allowed to play in the Ryder Cup by the sound of it. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's going to be crazy seeing him in the Ryder Cup again, if he does uh, qualify, which he probably will. Yeah, that, I mean, he, he would play in another Ryder Cup. It, it would be amazing, but uh, why not? He'd be at home as well, wouldn't he? So, um, it's um, no, it's, it's pretty amazing, isn't it? Uh, the other thing I was going to say about the Ryder Cup and the Olympics, and there was a few comments around um, from Harrington and Rory about the Olympics, wasn't there? And we're, we're, I think we're a little bit worried about what's going on with the Olympics at the moment, aren't we? But Harrington said he really wants his Ryder Cup players to play at the Olympics because he's, and, you know, obviously the majors as well. He wants to test them under, you know, as much stress and as much... Um, as much pressure as possible and he says you know the olympics is going to be one of those events which actually he wants the guys to play in and it's strange that rory mcelroy then almost immediately came out and said he was going to be playing it didn't he yeah well we thought rory was going to play in it so that's great to hear him confirm that uh, playing for team island which is quite controversial last time um and yeah harrington was uh, was very enthusiastic about it if you win a gold medal you're probably on the team aren't you so yeah, it's good to hear that. But then, yeah, you're right. It does sound a little bit worrying. Yeah, there's. I mean, there's, there has been reports of protests in Tokyo and all these kind of things. So we don't actually know what's going on with the Olympics, and it's very, very close now. You know, it's it's um, it's a matter of it's weeks, really, isn't it? Uh, you know, it's 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 here, and they've either got to go for it or not, haven't they? And um, um, so, we're, well, we hope everyone. We already know that there won't be any uh, foreign national fans there. You know, it'd just be home fans. Um, and we have been looking forward to uh, seeing the golf there because we know how enthusiastic Japanese fans are. And of course, buoyed, of course, by Hideki Matsuyama's victory at the Masters as well. It should be really good. So um, we'll have to wait and see. I'm sure there will be more fallout from that in the, uh, in the near future. So looking ahead to this week on tour. Firstly, the PJ Tour. The Charles Schwab Challenge at Colonial returns. It was the first event back last year on the PJ Tour after COVID hit. And Daniel Berger beat Colin Morikawa in a playoff. Phil Mickelson is coming down to play in this, as well as Daniel Berger, Patrick Reed, and uh, Justin Rose, to say a few. Is Mickelson going to play? Surely not. No. No, he's going to pull out, you would think, but... Uh, if you are listening to this at the weekend and Mickelson is about to win for the second time in a row, then I apologise. But yeah, um, I don't think we'll be playing. But just looking at the odds here, it looks like Thomas is playing, Spieth, um, Morikawa. Like, we're obviously still quite early in the week, so I'm not sure how it's going to play out. But uh, it looks to be a really good field. Uh, obviously, Colonial is one of the best stops on the PGA Tour. So yeah, it'd be really good to see this event back with fans, I think, after... Um, what was a very strange event last year? It was the first event in three months. No fans. Uh, we didn't really know how it was going to go. And uh, yeah, it was quite a good finish in the end, wasn't it? With Berger winning in the playoffs. Yeah. So, the, yeah, the, as you say, I'm just looking. I think the odds have just come out. We're, we're talking to you on Monday. So, Spieth, Thomas, Morikawa, Berger, Scheffler. 
Salatoris, Finau, Reed. It's a decent field, especially the week after uh, a major. So, um, yeah, it should be a good event. Mickelson at the moment, I can't see listed, but as I say, we'll wait and see if that, that changes. Anyone of that lot you think is going to bounce back after not winning this week? Uh, I thought Spieth played quite well, actually. Obviously, he's always got that pressure of that career Grand Slam looming over his head. Uh, and it was a very, very difficult golf course in difficult conditions. But back in his home state of Texas, uh, yeah, it'd be good to see him win again. He's um, definitely one of the best players in the world right now. Yeah, um, I'm going to say two people. Uh, but, of course, we're, we're, not the, we're not the betting tips to listen to. So, you know, do check out Jeremy Chapman's tips, which will be on the live on the site either later today or early Tuesday morning. Uh, but I think Daniel Berger could go back to back here. Uh, he he's good on he's done that he's done that before where he's played very well on courses that he's had very much success on before so check out Daniel Berger but also Abraham Anser who had a very good final round uh, yesterday at PJ where he shot 65 round of the round of the week um, very good player as well looks like you can get him for 25 to one or something like that so uh, check him out as well but yeah do check out our betting tips on the Golf Monthly website, golfmonthly.com, and also follow us on social media at Golf Monthly on Twitter and Instagram and Golf Monthly Magazine on Facebook. Elliot, anyone else that you'd like the look of? Yeah, I need to say Justin Rose as well, actually. I had him each way last week at 66 to 1, and I think he earned me about £7 or something after a fantastic final round. I think he's won at Colonial as well. Actually, I know he has because I remember it was the... I can't remember what year, but I remember he missed out on Wentworth and played here instead because he needed to keep his tour card or something. So, yeah, got great course form and obviously had a good Masters and then a very, very good PGA Championship, to be fair, finishing in the top 10. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, so do check out Jeremy's tips if he goes for any of ours. If he does, that's pure fluke. But there is another tournament as well on the European Tour. There's the Made in Himmeland, which was before known as Made in Denmark. Wiesberger defends the title he won two years ago. Torbjörn Ollison's there, Hogards and Robert McIntyre. So very decent field again for there. Uh, McIntyre gets around the place, doesn't he, a lot? He play, he's playing a lot at the moment. A very good golfer as well, isn't he? Yeah, just gone from the Belfry to South Carolina back to Denmark. So, yeah, he uh, was very disappointed with his finish at the weekend. So not in the best of form, perhaps. And Maybe a little bit jet lag as well. Yeah, but you know they just, these guys get over it pretty quickly. Um, again, have a look at the field. There looks like some good names in there, as we've already mentioned. Also, Andy Sullivan's playing, Justin Harding, Eddie Pepper. Also, you know, good field again on the European Tour. Uh, and Jeremy will be giving his tips for that again mm. either tonight or Tuesday morning. So do check them out on the Golf Monthly website, golfmonthly.com. Or of course, you can just Google it, and uh, you'll be able to find his tips. So next week. Elliot, we've got a big interview, haven't we? Yep, um, very delighted to chat to Thomas Bjorn recently. And um, yeah, we've got a really nice half an hour there. Lots about senior golf, how he's lost his confidence in his 40s and how, um, yeah, just the new young breed. And he has some really, really interesting things to say. So uh, yeah, we'll have that for you next week. You could probably do be talking to Phil Mickelson by the sounds of it. Um, yeah, that sounds great. So next week we'll have that interview with Thomas Bjorn. So something to look forward to. Uh, Elliot, thanks for all your hard work over the weekend, but also for chatting today. Oh, thank you very much, Tom. No worries. It was really good. Really enjoyed it. We won't forget this one quickly, will we? So uh, hope you guys have enjoyed today and uh, we'll speak to you again next week. Bye.